Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Booker T. Harris. Coach Harris is the head coach at Dominican University of California. We talked to him today about his success as a coach, valuing people within the program, and also the importance of knowing your calling. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Coach Lopez, thanks for having me this afternoon. I appreciate it. I'm flattered. Yeah, no, man. I, I just I really wanted to have you on. Uh, you know, reading up on you and and kind of going through what you've what you've done, what you've accomplished, and your experiences, I felt was very valuable to what we're doing and the mission that uh, we have at Creative Coaching. And so, uh, to start it off, Coach, uh, how were you introduced to the game? Uh, you know, for me, it started. Uh, you know. As, as a kid, it was probably fourth grade. I was one of those, uh, you know, higher in the, I guess, the bell curve of height uh, for 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 my age in fourth grade. I started playing in fourth grade and had never really done that. I had, you know, kind of fooled around on the, the, the black top with a couple other guys in the class. But it was one of those things to be, you know, accepted. Uh, and I wanted to hang out with my 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 friends at the time. So my couple of my buddies, Marcus and Andy, all those guys were fired up to uh, try out for, at that time, like the CYO team through, through elementary school. And, uh, you know, I went out and like, I had no business whatsoever being on, being on that, that A team. But obviously I think at that point, uh, coach Nicholas, who, who was, uh, a classmate's father just picked me a, because I was probably a, a healthy eater from all my mom's <laughs> home cooking. And then, uh, and then also I was probably, uh, at that time I wanted to say like five, 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 six. I was pretty wow. decent height for, uh, yeah. for a fourth grader. Wow, fourth grade. Whoa, man, that's a, that's a lot of upside. If uh, nowadays, if you were you know that height, that age, they'd have some kind of ranking for you, like the twenty thirty five class. You'd be ranked top ten or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a really good athlete at that age, and you know, I had uh, I was able to walk and chew gum. Although I did, I did trip <laughs> over my own my own feet quite a bit. So okay. I was growing out of shoes. I might have been in like a size eight, yeah, seven or eight. Wow. And, you know, unfortunately, it didn't keep keep on pace with that, so I only wound up topping out that six uh, one uh, with no shoes on. Gotcha. Uh, and I'll try to stretch that out a little bit, but it was it was one of those things. You know, I fell in love with the game. You know, as I got better and and more improved in what I did, and I was kind of one of those kids that took it coaching well and real cerebral and had a knack for trying to perfect something at that point in time of my life and you know growing up back then like we didn't specialize like if it was football season I would play you know uh football with the rest of the crew out in uh, the park or in the streets and then yeah. when it was baseball season you know I was in full baseball mode of, of trying to throw uh pitches and, and trying to be like uh Ricky Henderson and steal bases and everything that go. went along with that Ricky Henderson, man, him, Kitseko, McGuire, man, those are the, those are the heydays of baseball for me, man. Like I was a big A's fan back in those days, so I hear you. 
Uh, right. Yeah. So as a player coach coming out of high school there in San Francisco and, and then in college, what was your experience like with the game? Uh, you know, as we got into high school, you know, it was one of those things where the game, uh, I found out about, you know, competing day out and playing against other good players, uh, not only in the San Francisco Bay area, um, that were, that were older than you. So it's one of those things with the game, like you were constantly, um, pushed and, and forced to, you know, kind of hold your own. Yeah. Uh, I remember growing up and playing in leagues out in, uh, Bushrod Park over in Oakland, uh, at the time, uh, my dad would make that commute across the bridge from San Francisco and we'd go there or we'd, uh, go to the, um, rec center, uh, out in Ocean View and, and play against older guys who had played college or were uh, coming back from overseas. And, you know, that transition uh, from high school to college where where you see improvement, you know, at a extremely high level and, and quick. Um, and then it's also, you know, the reality from when you're kind of like a big fish in a small pond and then you move up a level, uh, seeing how everybody else is kind of in that same you know, boat issue. And it's one of those things where how do you know your worth sort of sense and how do you keep on, uh, progressing and getting better. And that's where, you know, I kind of established and fed off my, my parents like work ethic. Like my mom was a daycare provider. And then my dad worked for the, uh, Oakland army base at the time. And, and just seeing how I could remember, like, I don't remember them taking days off when they were sick. So it was one of those things that ingrained, that was kind of ingrained with me. It's like, uh, if, if you really truly love it, you're willing to uh, go through all this stuff. It's one of those things where even when you feel like you can't do it, uh, you'll get out there and do it. And, you know, playing at the university of San Francisco for coach Phil Matthews, it was one of those things day in and day out. It was, it was a beast. Um, as far as the intensity and, and how hard we, we played in practice, it was uh, eye-opening because it made me realize, you know, day in and day out, um, there was a lot more in you than you think, and you wound up being exhausted and then promising yourself, you know, oh, man, I think that's it. I might have to coast the next couple of days, and then you couldn't do that with him, you know, and it's one of those things where, ironically, you know, you found out, it's like, man, I, I can't do this. And it's one of those things, you know, today I try to carry over to my young men, like pouring out every bit of energy that you have in that condensed out two hours of practice uh, day, in, day in and day out. And then realizing the next day when you're when you're blessed to wake up and step back back in that gym, you know what, uh, you've recharged and there's still more in you. Yeah. You know, I heard I heard a saying a while back at kind of gone through some things physically last year and uh and I was just kind of being I don't know physically I just wasn't fit enough I'll, I'll say that much and so I heard somebody tell me one time so you know saved energy is wasted energy you know that right and I said what it, it changed my whole paradigm about being active my energy levels what I thought I was saving my energy for and <laughs> and, and it just it I mean I'm not I'm not a battery you know, even though I do have some sort of like, you know, we talked about, you know, talk about recharging your battery. Uh, I'm not a battery, though. And so I don't need to be turned off. I should use everything I have and then, you know, come back with 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 a good amount of energy. So I hear exactly what you're saying. Uh, yeah, and, and I'll say that, too. You know, one of those things and I, I put it together, like the body does what the body does. And, you know, being uh, 
so intricate with, with how it performs and it's amazing what happens and like you said I'm with you there on Coach Lopez I am far above my playing weight I wish uh, <laughs> at, at, at some point in time I probably weighed this much I probably would have been a lot stronger yeah I hear you on that so yeah man I I, uh, I go through those I went through that and now my players are better because I know that I feel that way I feel like I bring more to the table now instead of taking things off the table and eating them um, you know, kind of that mentality of just watching what I do, watching what I eat, um, my health, all those things, which I, I would, you know, here again as a coach, what, how important is that for you? Like, I, I know we as coaches sometimes get caught up in so many different things, yourself being a head coach, uh, your time is at a premium. And when you're traveling, all those things to stay to stay in a regimen of eating healthy and taking care of yourself, going to the doctor, getting checked up. Do you feel like that's something that that is really important for young and, and older coaches as well? Uh, I definitely do. I mean, actually, because, you know, those young people, they're they're very observant. It's one of those things where you can't be do as I say and not as I do because because. No. It, they notice it and you know um being in a regiment that's something I've, I've definitely gotten better at especially when uh i hit this new decade in life uh in the starting 40 uh yeah. you know it's, it's one of those things where the body doesn't recover like it used to so you have oh. to be well aware and not only physically but you know it leads to uh you know emotional um your mental health and then also you know your spiritual health you know for me i think as a leader and a coach you you crash and burn all the time and yeah. if i'm being honest i've been on the verge you know many times myself uh finishing you know eight years of being a head coach and i've made my share of mistakes you know and, and leading and coaching and even with uh dieting and taking care of my body but you know through it all i've received some great wisdom and counsel over the years uh and i'm aware of my ability, you know, to fail at any of these, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, and each season. But, you know, there's a couple things um, that has helped. And, and, you know, if you're a leader or a coach, you're playing to be one. Um, there's one of these things you have to do, you know, all with a, a learner's ear for yourself, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, be willing to put in the same time and effort or that you're asking everybody else to do, in a sense. And that's uh, kind of leading by example, not just by your words. You're, you're completely right. Young people, they smell that stuff a mile away if you're, you know, kind of uh, BSing them, for lack of better terms. And, uh, <laughs> and, they, and they, really, they really need true leadership because leadership in society today sometimes says one thing, does another, and then it still expects you at the end of the day to just side with them for a specific reason. And that's just not good enough, I think if we want to prepare this uh, next generation for what's to come. Uh, so, Coach, who, uh, you know, coming up, who kind of influenced you to go into coaching? Uh, you know what? It, it, it happened uh, probably when uh, I was senior year, probably uh, playing at USF. I had thoughts about it. And it was one of those things where, uh, you know, I was a great, uh, team player, role player. Uh, at that time, there was a couple other younger players who had, uh, you know, come into the program and were were like all conference freshmen and, and and things like that. And it was funny because my dad was a was a high school coach, and yeah. uh, I played for him. And it's one of those things where, <laughs> you know, 
the tidbits and pearls of wisdom in in mentoring and, and fathering that he did. It was one of those things where you try to have it go in one knee and out the other, which especially when you're uh, you know 15 years old and, yeah. and uh, you think you're you're growing into a man because you finally got your first uh, razor and you shave a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but yeah. I, I'd say the the it's one of those things that it kind of just came to you know, fruition in a sense, because I found myself, you know, as a senior being in the program that long, like I was able to, uh, you know, talk to teammates, encourage them. And then also be like, Oh, on that time when I, you know, got this deal on you, you didn't square up, face up and step through and rip through that. So, um, that, and then not being really aware of, but when you're a player and you're working those, those youth camps as a kid, when you get your own station, their teams, uh, you know, you find yourself, you know, in that teaching in, uh, coaching mode and it's one of those things where it kind of carried over for for me uh, especially when I, when I was done playing um, and getting ready to figure out what I was going to do um, I had an ACL that I was about to get repaired so I was uh, had no clue uh, what my next step was so it was one of those things where I was uh, enrolled you know to get my master's uh, at Sonoma State and, uh, was kind of just trying to figure things out yeah, that's that's something that you know, an injury, something like that, that kind of brings you back down to earth in a sense. Uh, not to say you weren't humbled or, or or you were humbled by it or whatever the case may be. You get introspective, and you kind of want to, what's the what's the meaning of this? The questions come out, uh, but it also helps you to find your path sometimes. And I think that's uh, very key for us is is to help young people do that. But us is adults when did we when did we learn the path we were supposed to take and how did we learn it and when can we yeah and i, I go ahead. oh no sorry to cut you off but i was thinking yeah because well, you triggered something about like the path that you're on and this and that and you know a lot of and when i was younger i always got confused and wondered that too but you know how do you decipher what's the difference between your calling your gift yeah. and a vocation Wow, you know what I mean. Yeah. My vocation currently at this point in time in my life is I'm a basketball coach, uh, but I think my calling might be something like mentorship to other people, and yeah. my gift might be something as far as like uh, the work ethic I have. Um, and you know, I think it all ties together. But uh, when you go through different points in time in your life, you're always seeking. And uh, the term they use now is like finding your why. But like I said. Um, you don't want to get confused on, on your true calling. Yeah. Uh, and it may not necessarily be your vocation. Definitely. Like they're, they're all separate. Like you're saying, uh, because one is kind of what you do, one's who you are and what's one of the gift is what you can do, what you bring to the table. And I've always felt like, a, a calling for, for somebody, if it's to be a leader, like you said, a mentor, uh, that's that kind of supersedes any kind of athletic endeavor, uh, and you can take that into business. You can take that into any sphere and be successful because you have that on you, and you've learned somehow, some way through the years uh, by just kind of being put in situations how to lead you. Like you were talking about being in those camps and stuff like that at the different stations. You find your voice there. You find. Like, whoa, hey, I, I, maybe I am called and meant to do something like this or this exactly. So it's really, really, really important for, for self-growth 
when you experience those things. Uh, so yeah, kind of going through, you know, all the success you've had, even as a player at San Francisco and then, and in coaching, you know, Metro state, you guys had a great run out there. And, and I, I look at those things and I say to myself, all that success coach, what, you know, you, you see so much good happening. And a lot of times coaches say, well, we learn from our losses but what do you? What did you learn from all that success? Uh, you know what? I, I learned the skill probably of gratitude, and gratitude is a, a perishable skill. Uh, wow! I try to teach that to my young people because if you're not practicing it, how quickly you forget. And it's been one of those things. You know, I, I did have success as a player. I was part of a USF uh, 98 tournament team, the last tournament team uh, that they had there. And then yeah. walked in, over to uh, Cal State San Bernardino uh, where I coached, you know, Ivan Johnson who played in the NBA and he yeah. uh, got us to a national semifinal game uh, where we lost at the buzzer. And then piggybacked that in a sense to go to University of San Diego. And we had an amazing three game stretch where we beat, St. Mary's, that was ranked. Gonzaga, that was ranked. And then upset UConn in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, big time. Um, and then, like you said, uh, went to Metro State and, and won RMAC conference tournaments and, and got NCAA runs. And it was one of those things where I realize now when you go go through it and you may, quote unquote, not have the success that you're happening, that, you know, just the, the gratitude of, of being able to. Uh, wake up another day and, and try to achieve that goal and you know also recognize you know uh, the values that you learn that that trigger long-term success gotcha. those different guys that I played for whether it was coach Matthews at USF and worked uh, for for Larry Reynolds and Jeff Oliver's and Brennan Hayes and Billy Greer's and Derek Clark's uh, along those lines there was kind of like a piece of all those guys that I was able to uh, capture and, and kind of find my own my own voice and calling. And like you said, uh, when you're when you're in those positions and you won as a player and you win as a coach, you always think, oh, maybe this is going to be the road. And, and you know, in actuality, um, you do learn where uh, you go through those snags or, or, or valleys at that point in time. That you know, um, what what's the big picture here? Um, and all those experiences, you know, kind of lead to reflection in realizing, you know, what what's what's the big picture when you have great teammates, when you have great coworkers, when you have a, a great functioning unit, um, and you know, there's there's so much that goes into it. There's like there's no egos, there's love, there's a heavy heavy investment in players and the staff. There's uh, crucifying, you know, entitlement. There's uh, like you said. Um, deciphering, you know, mission versus job. Um, all those people that we did it for, we didn't, it seemed like we didn't do it for a paycheck. Gotcha. We truly yeah. enjoyed what we were doing. Um, working hard and, and resting well, like I said, work like crazy, but don't apologize for finding, you know, a way to rest well on, you know, daily and weekly, monthly basis. You know, you got to take care of yourself. Um, and then, you know, for me, it was also, you know, um, having character, um, you know, being forthcoming and, 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 and shooting people straight on if there's something you got to do better or 
if you expect more out of them or, you know, uh, Coach Lopez, the, the probably the biggest thing that frustrates, you know, us as coaching is when you see so much potential in the young men or young women that you're coaching, um, kind of in a sense like your vision for them and how you seek success for them. But at that point in time, they don't see it. Yeah. And if they don't, if they don't uh, use it. Um, so there's been, there's been so many things to, to, to pick from that. Um, you know, even like followership, even now as a head coach, you know, um, working for an athletic director, you know, even if you're a leader, um, you still got to act and talk like those that are around you. You know, the higher you're up in that position, the harder it is for you to follow leaders. And yeah. growing up, you know, you play that game like follow the leader. Um, and, and then when you enter adulthood, it's like, oh, blaze your own path and, and, and do this. But, you know, I think it's it's honoring, you know, not only uh, for what I believe, like I think God honors you when you follow um, sometimes even under wrong leadership. Definitely. Um, yeah. So, so followership is is a skill. Definitely. I've heard it said many a times uh, to be to have authority. You need to learn how to be under authority. And, and if that becomes a lifestyle of learning how to go through different progressions of, like you're saying, followership, then you're more apt to be a better leader because then the people that you're asking of to do X, Y, and Z already know you've done that. You've been through that journey. You're willing to do it again if you have to. And so just really brings a better perspective for a leader to lead from the front instead of standing back and just calling shots. Nobody, right. nobody values that leader very long. They'll do it for a short, uh, for the short term, but in the long term, that leader's not very well respected, and I think uh, nobody buys into that. Nobody really does, and that's really important for us as coaches. So, kind of like setting expectations. You know, here again, talking about the success you've had, and even there, where you're at right now, Dominican, uh, the the success in setting expectations, how, how do you build culture with all that kind of already kind of uh, experience that, that you had? Uh, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, just what's that acronym? It's like smart, like small, measurable, attainable uh, goals where, where you can kind of have earmarks. Um, it's, it's those little victories day in and day out uh, that up, you know, to the weeks and months of success. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's almost one of those things where if I were to ask you like, what, what makes a good coach? Like when people say like, Oh, coach, coach Lopez, coach book Harris over at Dominican, those are good coaches. Like what you think is a good coach and what I think is a good coach may not be the same thing. Yeah. There might be some, some obvious things that, that uh, don't help success, but, you know, like I said, with that expectation and, and, and growth, uh, in it, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's progress and all the years aren't the same. Um, every year is actually pretty different, whether you're dealing with guys you've had for four years, or if you're having a guy that is in your program, that's going to be only there for one year. Uh, but you know, having, uh, measurable goals and, and being, uh, aware of uh, knowing yourself and what's probably attainable. Um, I think when you uh, are in it, um, sometimes we get caught up. It's like, oh, when this, when that. But yeah, if you uh, 
aren't getting those wins and you have a young group of young men, which have I, I've had the, the past couple of years, like how are they maturing when they don't have success or yeah. when they're down? Are they, are they doing things differently with their, their body language? Are they doing things differently when they uh, huddle up together and talk to each other? How are they talking to each other? Things like that. And it's one of those things where it, it's been good for me to go back and evaluate and see that to see where, where we're moving. Like I said, if it's uh, if you're not one of those teams that win uh, the national championship, how often do you always want you know a couple more wins? Definitely, like you're talking about, uh, I guess players changing their approach to the game, uh, kind of monitoring that, and you talk about going up and checking in on those type of things. It's kind of inspecting what you expect, because a lot of times we expect something and we put we kind of lay it out, but do we go back and inspect it? Do we go back and revisit it and say, hey, the expectations that we set early in the season or whenever in the summer, are we kind of hitting those marks? And if we're not, why not? Do we need to change our approach? And that's from the top down, like everybody, not just uh, the coaching staff, not just the players. Uh, it's, 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 it's a kind of a whole uh, a group effort to try to look at those things and really uh, come to an agreement that, hey, maybe things need to change. And that's always good. Change is constant. So if you need to change, get comfortable with that idea. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable, I guess. Uh, so, you know, that's the term that, man, I've, I've really learned that uh, bodes true in my life. And, and in, especially as a, as a father, as a husband, as a leader, uh, just be, be comfortable with not being comfortable sometimes. So we teach players that to get better so we could do it ourselves. Uh, so what have you learned about yourself in, in this whole process of, of being a coach, what have you learned about yourself, coach? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good question. You know, I've, I've learned, uh, in a sense, you know, allow yourself to be pruned. And what I mean by that, you know, when you prune something, it hurts, uh, yeah. and, and you, and you cut and, and, but it's a necessary trigger to increase growth or, or fruit. So I remember my parents who grew up, in the South and on farms, like pruning, uh, their, their, their trees that they had on the farm and stuff like that. Um, so, um, when you do that, it's necessary for you, uh, and those around you. And, you know, it's one of those things, like you mentioned before, changing your approach, it's avoid, you know, complacency and, and figure out a way to be, uh, for me to be thinking critically, you know, always looking for ways to improve and grow, um, getting better and it'll probably help me in the long run too. Once I, uh, have a family of my own, you know, acknowledging mistakes and, and current weaknesses and, and shortcomings, uh, and being, you know, transparent with, with the young men that you are young women that you lead to. Um, and you know, it's one of those things where it reiterates for me that you, wanted to avoid innocent handouts, you know, and yeah. don't get me wrong. Gift, gift giving is definitely important. Um, but it has to be, you know, in, in like, uh, whatever that culture it's, it has to be relevant, uh, in that way. Um, gotcha. you know, the moment you, you create a culture of, of handouts, it's, uh, it's kind of like a moment you've turned from being, you know, uh, um, like a servant to, to, to Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's, it's it's also helped you know me in that way uh, to be aware and focus on people. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Developing it's, deep relationships. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. It's, it's, I'm just gonna say it's unrealistic for people to get conditioned that way. It really is unrealistic right. to keep 
continually to, to take and take and not work for your own in a sense. And uh, you set up people for failure in that process, I believe. That's just been my experience. And uh, so, yeah, I hear 100% with what you're saying. Yeah, and like you said, it, and focusing on people, and then you develop, you know, deep relationships uh, with 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 a few. You learn to trust and believe in in others around you, and the more you do that, the more they'll they'll do the same to you. And it's one of those things where uh, every every year, as you go through it, you got to be willing to get your heart broke. Yeah. Uh, in a sense, and it's it's one of those things. Uh, depending on the years, I mean, obviously, you you have guys who matriculate through the program and, and some years you you're have a different type of relationship with the others but you know it's one of those things where when senior night hits or you know it's the last go around for me I've, I've really uh developed meaningful relationships where you know you hurt for that young person uh in a sense and so uh empathy just because you know they're hurting too and and you're fearful that they might have walked away with uh with regrets got you no that's that's big time coach because all things considered you sometimes don't consider those things as a coach and as a leader we're we're here again results oriented and people without these kids without these young people without the the men and women involved with it, all the process and not considering them and you know maybe not necessarily their feelings cuz feelings come and go but mm-hmm. you know not uh, considering who they are and their well-being, like you said, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, then maybe we're missing out as leaders on what we're really, what the goal is, and what the purpose is. So, that's a, it's a great point, Coach. So, what role right. does what role does was he, what is was is criticism or feedback play in in, in your day to day? You know, I think, like you said, feedback if it's open and it's honest. People definitely appreciate that. Yeah. And and the thing about leadership, I've heard the term. People say leadership. It's all about influence. Um. And and uh, I know that's one of your your uh, hashtags. I think on on your uh, on your Twitter page. Uh-huh. Um. And when you influence, you can influence either good or or for bad reasons. And, yeah, and how definitely. you approach that uh that correction uh as I call it um it it's it's one of those things where uh, you you have to have uh, a good relationship before that because yeah. off the gate, if you just come criticizing and, and correcting, correcting, uh, you're going to get tuned out. Uh, and it's one of those things where uh, people said it before, uh, I think on the podcast too, that uh, the more they know you care, the easier it is to influence uh, yeah. just because of that relationship. Um, and it allows you, you know, to invest heavily in them and, and, and you do all you can to, you know, train them, empower them. And then at the end of the day, you know, release them and com- as they commence on and graduate to take responsibility um, and other leadership positions as you would have never thought. Yeah. I like what you said about correction because most of us aren't good with that because we may feel like, well, I know what I'm doing. And, <laughs> and but in, inside there's this, like you talked about discernment, discerning what pe- where people are coming from and how they're trying to approach you. And like you said, if the feedback is open, then yeah, the correction feels good and it tastes good because we know we need to correct it. Uh, and I feel like that's, here again, the followership 
uh, being under authority. All those concepts are really key because we're chastised sometimes whether we like it or not. And it's always best to humble ourselves, just kind of like the way we're told to do, as opposed to something coming along and humbling us. That's not a good feeling whatsoever. So I think those are really key concepts, Coach. So, right. so talking about some of the things that humble us, what what do you, throughout your coaching career, what have you sacrificed and what do you sacrifice as, you know, today uh, to do what you do? You know, uh, sacrifice, uh, it depends on, on your, your outlook or your approach. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's things that you do have to, uh, say no to, um, in order to be around the team more, to be around those guys more and have an impact. Uh, and you know, it's one of those things, uh, you have to understand, like, no matter what it is in life, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you something. Yeah. Whether it's your your time, whether it's money, whether it's it's uh, relationships uh, with others, in a sense. Um, but for me, you know, I'd say probably the biggest uh, sacrifice I've 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 made is being, uh, you know, moldable. Um, wow. In a sense. Um, and, and what I mean by that is like, we've talked about this before, you know, um, earlier, you know, about, you know, your, your, your calling and, and what are you doing? There's some things that you, um, put ahead of yourself, uh, for, for others. And, yeah. and there's nothing, uh, greater than, uh, you know, uh, doing that. Um, and if you think you, it's only all about you. You're wrong. And we try to teach that to our young men. It's not about you. Um, and if you think you should be treated special, uh, you know, probably stop because entitlement creeps in into your, you know, our attitudes. Um, and, and, and it's some of those things you have to deal with constantly, um, throughout the year, throughout the season, uh, throughout your program. Um, so sacrificing for me, you know, there's, there's been, um, opportunities um where i've had to you know pack up the move like uh, you mentioned before a little bit of my path like it's one of those things where um i wasn't married at the time or, or uh might have been you know dating somebody where all of a sudden there's an opportunity to move to colorado and it's one of those things where you, you pick up and go or yeah. uh vice versa um so not only do you sacrifice but you know there's there's family like starting out as a, a young assistant, I made nothing. Yeah. And then I made peanuts. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but it's, uh, it's one of the things, things where I had a great, you know, family structure with, with, uh, my parents and my, my brother, who's also uh, a junior college coach. And, and at the time with my sister were, if it was one of those things where, uh, I did need, you know, help financially or, 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 or you know, uplifting in uh, spirits just because things were tough and, and I didn't know when quote unquote my opportunity would come. They were there for me. Um, yeah. So it always kind of made it go back full circle about like uh, how great it is to sacrifice and serve others. Yeah, no, the sacrifices we make. And like you said, counting, Yeah, I, I think about the, always count the cost always, you know, and that, that helps you to kind of navigate through decision-making because, like you said, it's going to cost you. 
And if at the end of the day, your sacrifices turn into this, your, your sacrifices are the cocoon and then it turns into this great butterfly. And I hate to get too kind of, <laughs> kind of uh, earthy about it, but it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's what it's like. The cocoon looks like, ugh. you know, my kids, they see a cocoon. They're like, dad, that's disgusting. And then you see the butterfly. They're like, wow, look at the pretty butterfly. I mean, in a sense, if I had to kind of like find a good analogy, uh, I think that's sacrifice. And then the time invested into people. And then you right, see, and then you, it, yeah, go ahead. It, no, I was like about to say, like you said, uh, like you said, it, it's 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 mucky and and it's it's uncomfortable. Um, and then, like you said, uh, but you never know when that moment's going to come. And quote unquote, you have your your butterfly, and then <laughs> before you know it, you know time has passed. And then, like us, uh, coach, you're you're in uh, leadership and, and mentorship programs, and you're like, well, how how did this happen? I was just a you know, a kid from uh, the city of San Francisco and, you know, was playing basketball and did a couple other things growing up as far as, you know, whether it was like student government or, or this and that and a couple of uh, uh, things with like uh, young people in, in, in doing camps and then all of a sudden and you're you're in that role where you're you're trying to pass things on and, and invest in others and, and hope they can continue it. Definitely. Coach, uh, we're going to, you know, last question here. And we always talk about legacy. And I feel like uh, it's just really important because we all walk a path and we all say that we want to implement our culture. Uh, we want to lead a certain way. But if we're not being mindful of how we're doing it each day and considering others while we're doing it, we can leave a pretty either bad legacy or a great one. What would you want your legacy to be when your career is over? Oh, uh, that's uh, I probably should have been prepared for this listening to. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, you should, you should have known better, man. <laughs> I should have known better, but uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. You know, legacy. It's it's. Do you leave it better than it was before? And it's one of those wow. things for me. Uh, you know, going through a situation where I I, I lost a, a sibling. Um, wow. and they had great accolades, you know what I mean? Uh, but people always remembered how, uh, my sister made them feel and hanging out with that person. And, you yeah. know, it's one of those things where don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm hoping and praying and Lord willing, I'll accumulate a little more wins in my career before I'm done. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I've heard someone say like on, uh, when you read your, your eulogy, is it really going to have all that stuff on there or yeah. is it, that's really going to be on, on the, on the gravestone? Yeah. Um, so I'd say my legacy is that, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, teach young men, uh, a little bit about being, uh, you know, unselfish, uh, how to be, um, uh, men of action that do something. Um, and then also, you know, help them, uh, become future leaders or, or people that, that do something special. Uh, the thing that sticks out about, you know, somebody like my father, he was kind of like the, the neighborhood, uh, dad in a sense. And partly because, you know, he was coaching and, and interactive, but I remember him, you know, whether it was picking up other, uh, um, kids for carpool in, in, in the station wagon. I called it the battle wagon. One of those uh, wood panel dings. Yeah, and then yeah. him 
<laughs> him, uh, you know, working like swing shift or graveyard shift just so he could uh, pick the kids up from school. And then also, as we got older, you know, to, to coach and be around. Yeah. Um, and still to this day, uh, I'm grateful and thankful that he's still with us. And people, you know, where I grew up, always still ask about him, how, how, how he's doing. So um, the impact that you've made, you know, uh, on them, and helping them see the bigger picture um, about being, you know, a great, a great teammate. And what I mean by that, you know, in, in, in all facets, whether it's in your, your office, whether it's in your, your job, whether it's in your community, whether it's in your city, whether it's in your, your county, state, and, and so on. Um, and that's just the way I see it. And, and probably goes back to, you know, um, to, to my own personal beliefs and, and faith um, about, you know, how, um, you know, I think God put us on this planet, you know, to uh, interact with each other and and, and uh, walk like this path together. Like I said, yeah. not to turn all earthy like you, but uh, <laughs> when you see all the dots that connect in your life and people that connect in your life, uh, I don't think it's by accident. No. It, it, it's, it, it's all set up for a greater good. Right. Divine appointments is how I see it. Coach, yeah. I'm. I'm just, I'm very thankful that you came on today. Uh, I may come to regret that earthy moment I had, uh, but, <laughs> but I'm glad you pulled, I'm glad you pulled that one out of me there. Uh, uh, you always get the full potential out of your players. So you got the full potential out of me there. Uh, <laughs> I, I really do appreciate your time, man. Oh, Chris Lovos, it was uh, it was an uh, honor to be here. Like very humbled, I appreciate you even uh, considering me. Like I said, uh, from a from a guy who uh, you know hadn't really talked to or met, um, um, and, and having me on. I mean, obviously, like I said, the basketball world is small and uh, yeah. a unique community, so it was kind of cool to have a, a one degree of separation for us too. Yeah, yeah. No, coach, I, I really do appreciate your time. I know you, this is kind of a busy time for coaches. And which I think that's every, you know, all the time, but it definitely right now, uh, trying to prepare for the upcoming season, summer workouts, all those type of things. Uh, I just know that there's a, there's a lot to do and to take your time here and, and make some time for us and, and you know, sharing your, your stories, your uh, experiences and kind of your mindset too. I feel that's very important for the community of coaches that we have uh, following and listening. So here again, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you.